0: Hey, everyone. This is Mark Guy. It's another podcast of Speak Brave.
1: Hello, John. Hello, Mark. This is John Morrow. Glad to see everybody.
0: Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Remember last time we just started about this interesting discussion about charisma? Yes, charisma. Do you remember
1: that? I remember very well. And as I thought about charisma from our last conversation, we've heard the term used in so many different contexts. But... I'm looking forward to your take on charisma today because I want people to begin to understand, am I wrong to think that all of us can demonstrate charisma if we have the right understanding and mindset in our personality?
0: Yes, I believe so. Understanding, yes, and mindset, yes. And I believe that all of us are charismatic. I don't think all of us are charismatic all the time, we're charismatic at some portions or we show up at our best at some places and some we don't. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes intention, yeah, growth to actually become the best you. I do want to make sure that all the people follow along with the journey, if you missed another podcast session, you can go back to the iTunes and look for Mark Guy or Speak Brave podcast and look and follow us on this journey that we have been on about speaking brave, living your best life and just have courage. Have courage to be who you are Yes. because the world needs your authentic you. Yes. We don't need somebody who is a copy of somebody else or another actor or another performer. The world needs to hear from you. And I believe that's the start of Charisma.
1: Hmm. I have never thought of myself as charismatic. However, because of my having been raised in a strong religious background in an evangelical church, there were ministers, evangelists, and speakers that often we saw either in a conference or saw at church or in what we would call revivals. And I, for a long time, just thought they were great speakers. But if you were to ask me today, what was it about them that made them so compelling and so memorable? I would say it was their charisma. They were just, once they started talking and you were listening and watching them, you didn't want to take your eyes and your ears and your mind and your very heart and soul off of them because you hung on to every word they said and they were leaving you with so many thoughts you wished that you had recorded it so that you could pull out those wonderful golden nuggets of information that they were giving and you could write it down on a piece of paper and put it on the wall. Those kinds of phrases stick with you. And they sometimes give you a sense of resolve when you're going through a difficult time. And you also find that too in a lot of the writing of writers. They, right. they, let me give you an example. I consider Max Licato, who is an evangelical Christian, to be a charismatic writer. I will tell you that I have never heard Max Licato speak and no doubt, he probably is very charismatic, but his fame is almost exclusively housed in his writing. writing. He okay. is a prolific writer of incredibly moving and amazing books. And the other thing too, Mark, and I know you would love this, he never talks about a philosophical point of view. Rather, he talks about real life.
0: Real life, because that's... A lot of people have difficulty understanding or relating to esoteric Mm -hmm. examples. People. If you want to connect.
1: If if you want me to interpret that for you, by the way, that's. What is it? uh, Mark is saying esoteric. And esoteric, of course, has to do with the mind of the conceptual process with regard to the feelings and emotions that come through there. And that's just because Mark's got that great accent, which I absolutely love, which, by the way, is a very charismatic accent, I might add. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But I believe. I've been thinking about this, John, and I believe
0: there is a a way that you can increase your charismatic
1: Mm -hmm. quotient. And a lot of us want to know this, especially those of us who are learning to speak brave.
0: You speak brave and you learn the masters. You you observe the world. You see other speakers. But I also think speakers are charismatic, but also leaders. Yes. Well, politicians. Is a politician charismatic? Tell me about one person that sticks
1: in your mind who is charismatic. You're going to think I'm crazy. Because from a political point of view, I never did really agree with this guy. And in a lot of ways, I didn't care much for his his behaviors as a political leader. He was a former president of the United States. But I will tell you that in spite of the fact that I may not have agreed with him and always liked the things that he does, I considered Bill Clinton to be incredibly charismatic.
0: Bill Clinton. There's books, courses who spent... Trying to understand why. I a few weeks ago, I listened to a recording by Tony Robbins. Are you familiar with him? Very much, yes. He is a businessman, coach, a philosopher. He, he helps people live their mm-hmm. best life. And he's been doing it for decades. There was a recording where he have speci- specifically zeroed in on the presidential race. That happened, or 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's some 20 years ago. Do you remember when Bill Clinton came onto the scene Mm -hmm. there was another candidate who was it it was bush senior
1: yeah and ross Perot. that's right it was a tight race very tight race
0: did you know that ross Perot was winning at one point then he quit he
1: actually was and he quit
0: he was at the lead and then he left then he came back of course he never recovered he never did never recovered but but he still made an impact that's right what makes bill clinton charismatic In your opinion. And I will tell you what I learned from Tony Robbins and from other literature.
1: Go. He has a relaxed manner a smile that he continually exudes while he's there. He talks like everyday folks. He's not the kind of guy that looks like he's reading a teleprompter. He's just talking naturally like himself, and he's constantly engaging people with his eyes, and he is even relaxed when he's surrounded by a crowd of people who are really critical of him. He's not intimidated. He's just very calm yet very personable and warm and when he speaks you just can't help but like him that is true that is true and we will we'll will dive in
0: we'll dive into each one of those i want to feel, start off for a bit okay so since we started about bill clinton do you remember when he said i feel your
1: pain yes yes did you feel his pain not only did i th- or did you feel that he felt, felt your pain well Okay, knowing what I knew about Bill, him saying, I feel your pain, maybe had a little bit less of an appeal to me because, you know, Bill, some of the things that you're talking about, my pain is the result of some of the choices that you've made as a as a political leader, but at the same time too, he sounded so sincere and so honest. And the thing about it is, this ability to listen, to speak out to the people that are watching him and following him as the nation's leader, And Him to say to you in no uncertain terms, don't think that I'm up here sitting on a lofty throne. I really do understand how you feel.
0: I feel your pain. And we'll get into that. What makes us relate to Him and what we can learn. Mm -hmm. Because this is the journey of learning. Yes, We admire, respect people who have reached success by certain strategies that we can all cultivate. Do you remember a story? I think many of us have and I read it before when they met Bill Clinton the accounts that they have talked with journalists that for those 30 seconds that I have spent with him or when I talked to him his eyes were fixed on me but Mm -hmm. not in a way that is overbearing but rather in a way that is inviting looking for connection with focus and purpose many times over I heard that before have you heard that before?
1: Yes I have and a lot of great teachers of those of us who want to truly make an impact in our world, have told me, you have to not just make eye contact with someone speaking to you, or you're speaking to them, but you have to be actually wanting to get to know them, to understand what's going on, to begin to feel their enthusiasm, or their concern, or whatever it is. I like That's that right. personality trait.
0: It is it is the decision that you make to be open. It is a decision that I try to emulate when openness. I go to good work. That's right. When you meet new people at a new setting. Or you want to go meet people that you already met. But your mindset, remember how you said at the very beginning, is to be open, hmm. to have your heart open. I know as a public speaker and leader, what makes you authentic? What makes you sincere?
1: Oh that's a good one.
0: I, I mean <laughs> there's a lot of things that makes you sincere, but what do you think? And I will share with you what I
1: I think authenticity
0: authenticity but what what does it come from does it come from where does it come from
1: I think it has to come from some kind of an honest desire honest desire. to want to be connected to the people to want to really care about what it is that they're telling you so you can learn from it you said
0: the key word honest desire to connect I also believe it's about being vulnerable being yeah. open being mm-hmm. authentic that's right try not to hide who you are mm-hmm. but rather be open say this is who I am yes I'm a little weird Okay, um, sometimes I go a little bit crazy. Oh, I just said it crazy. It is true. Yes, I am who I am, but I stand in my truth and I'm open and I want to connect. Now I want to go back to Bill Clinton because you brought him up. And there's many other examples, but we can relate to him, and he's a more recent politician that mm, we can all yeah. think of. And he's still in the news. Can he you is. believe it?
1: Decades later, he's still in the news. It's not surprising at all.
0: It is amazing. What, what are the things that you have said is that when he talks, people listen. I do. And what he have learned as a po- politician and as a leader is that his words, gestures, and his body language is congruent. Mm-hmm. That when you look at him, you think, uh, okay, well, I believe him. I like him. Because what he says and what he emotes is the same. Is that how you feel or sometimes it's not so much but most of the time it is, isn't it?
1: The guy that I see even to this day who sometimes comes up on the platform when his wife who is running for president is speaking is still the same personality and what I find telling is if you listen to the soundtrack of the crowd he gets bigger cheers than she does because he is so incredibly popular with the people and that makes him an asset in so many many ways the other thing, too, is that no matter what he has done and where he has gone with his life since he left the office of President of the United States, he has maintained a consistency in that personality trait. Yes, He still, to this day, is a personality that when he comes up on the stage, he has this huge glowing smile. And that smile warms everybody in the room. I don't care how much of a skeptic you are, when you see the face of Bill Clinton, you have to smile because Bill... Even if you don't agree with what all he says, you're going to be entertained, and you're going to find yourself liking him.
0: It's it's like the world that leader, charismatically creates. You cannot help but be sucked into that world. Mm-hmm. You become part of the world. Let's break this down. It's compelling. It is compelling. One of the things I want to mention is one, one theory, or this is who actually study charisma and try to break it down in a parts so that we can understand. What is charisma? They have an answer. It is focused emotion. I like that. How many times you come into the room or you're talking to someone and you're thinking about your to-do list or you're thinking about your bills? And I mentioned this before. You're hungry. You're cold. You're hot. And you don't really focus on the moment. But when you focus on the emotion that you're presenting, because let's face it, we are always performing. At least, you know, in life, isn't that right? In the interviews and we interacting with others, there's a perf- there's an element of performance. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's high, sometimes it's low, and I believe everyone can be more charismatic because it is so compelling. Emotion is compelling. When we see someone who is passionate, who is living their passion, who is contributing, yeah. it is it's something you cannot turn away from. And I think. If you focus on your emotion that you're experiencing, whatever they are, you will increase your charisma quotient.
1: What is it about our emotional instincts well, I, that helps us to be able to identify and just automatically connect with an individual that has this charismatic personality? I'm glad you Why asked. Why is it that we identify
0: it? I'm, I'm glad you asked. Because emotion help us as humans. We are social animals. Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah. We want to connect. We want to learn. We want to grow. There's, we have aspirations. I always talk about the space station. I have an obsession with the space station, as you probably know. I want to go to, well, I, I want to go to the space. I want to go to the moon. Go to the Mars. But we want to go. <laughs> we want to travel. Yeah. We, we want. I mean, everyone has different perspectives, but as as a communal species, we want to do more. We want to be more, and we don't want to be. Left and we here. want to engage others with us. That's right. And emotion is that connector, connector between us. It is true. Since you brought this up, there is a professor, Professor Rizzolatti. Rizzolatti. He have discovered and brought into the popular domain, social domain, the concept of mirror neuron networks.
1: Oh, now wait a minute. I know mirror and I know neuron networks, but I've never heard them used in the same phrase.
0: Okay. Uh, There was an experiment. Tell me about it. Okay. When you see a speaker on the stage, and Mm -hmm. the speaker has some platform skills and somebody who can engage, when you see a speaker crying and it's so compelling and you're so wrapped into the story, will you be compelled to cry?
1: Yes, absolutely. I can be moved to shed tears when someone has that degree of emotion in themselves.
0: What Professor Israelite discovered is that All of us have mirror-neuron networks and what we do is how it is the gateway to empathy. This is how we can connect to each other and this is how we communicate. If we don't have the mirror-neuron networks, it will be very difficult. So whatever the emotion you're experiencing, it reflects and mirrors into me and this is how we connect. That's why if you focus on your emotion, you will communicate with others and you can influence them you can influence yourself mirror neurons make it possible that's why let's say you just said when bill clinton comes to the stage and he has a warm glow Mm -hmm. a smile that you cannot turn away i believe i never worked with him directly but i believe from his experience and what he have gone mm-hmm. through yeah I, I, there's a ritual the probably a ritual he goes before he goes on stage no doubt have you ever been to a performance at theater or somewhere where you see an actor what's it's easier to dissect an actor just comes onto the scene and you see that the actor is already involved maybe they've been thinking they want something they said something they want to go somewhere and now you see an actor who just walks on stage limping along and without any objective. Do Mm -hmm. you see the difference?
1: A very big difference because one arrives, to use the term, and I have done some very small theater, plus I'm involved in going to community theater in the area. One of the things that I have heard said by those who direct in theater is you must be in character. Uh, literally I've heard the phrase climb into the skin of the part that you're playing and become that person so that's I think what separates great performers from people who are gifted but they just don't connect I like to use singing as an example of that uh, everybody that knows me knows my wife and I love music and we watch vocal competitions more so than any other single programming that's on television so those shows that have to do with talent whether it's young talent or adult talent or even people in their older years those shows attract us and we know the difference between a singer who connects their song and their message of song with the audience and the viewer on TV even with an individual who is out there and is equally gifted, yet it's just okay. And there was a point in my life as a singer, singing primarily in church, where I was singing with the goal of, look how good I sing. Okay. And then the day arrived when I began to memorize the words and recite the words to myself, and internalize what the writer was trying to say, because singing is a combination of poetry and musical arrangement. And if the arrangement is beautifully written, and if the poetry is powerful and memorable and heart-touching and effective, and you take ownership of that in every way, form, shape, and fashion, your recapitulating the song will have an effect upon the listener if the listener is engaged that's right you engage your audience
0: emotionally and i think as a leader the person of influence mm-hmm. speaker any any leadership capacity like we have said before emotions are contagious Why they're contagious? Because of the mirror neural networks. This is just how we connect. We are wired to receive emotion, process emotion. This, it it is something that cannot be written off. Now that you know this information, you can cultivate. You don't have to be an actor, but you can be a leader. Everyone is a leader. You're a leader in your family. You're a leader at school. You're a leader at your career. People crave leadership. They want someone who knows where they're going, make decisions mm-hmm. and bring the group along somewhere to the new. Right. And I believe if you focus on the emotions that you want to present at the key moments, at a presentation, meeting, don't if, if you think about everything that scatters in your mind, you will not be present.
1: No, you gotta be present. You gotta like, be in that moment. And
0: like I said, charisma is focused emotion. That's only part of the story. Now, okay, so Mark, great, focused emotion. I know about setting yourself up before you go on stage, before you go in an interview, before you meet someone for the first time or for the hundredth time. What can I do? What is the specific steps I can take?
1: That is true because a lot of us are groping for that. And I say groping not in a a lost and blind way. We have the skills. We think we know we can do it. We understand our material and everything. But somehow or the other, we just don't have that little edge.
0: But there's specific things you can focus on. And now that you will think about it, you can implement. And I know it's a process. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes discipline. And it takes intention. One of the first two things you can work on. Number one, be more authentic. Like I said in the beginning, be who you are. Everybody else is already taken. There's no place for duplicates. There's no place for clones. Clones will come. I don't know, a century later, two centuries later, who knows? You are who you are. You have your idiosyncrasies. You have your details that nobody else has. Be you. Have the courage to be you. Believe me, when you are comfortable in your own skin, when you become courageous in who you are, you become authentic. That is one step closer to be an effective leader, charismatic leader.
1: And that is is a, a, a method of speaking brave. That's right. Second is increase
0: your passion. Whatever it is you're working on, go deeper. Don't stop at where you are. Go deeper. Find a way. Be curious. Stay adventurous. Stay open. And that's what I think about increase your passion. Be authentic. Increase your passion. It will be a process. It is a journey. There's no quick rewards. Like somebody said, there's two types of success. Initial and ultimate. Yes, you will have some successes in the beginning. But the ultimate success is you become the best you are. You look at all the activities in your life and your decisions. Some of them will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. But you know you brought your best. And that's worth something.
1: It is worth something. It's kind of like this for me. There are times when I have sung in a church and whatever the problems were, the distractions that were taking place in the life of the people of the church, I came with focused emotion. And every word that came out of my mouth was my expression of joy and gratefulness and of also sincere urging of the listeners, there is a deep message here for you and something that can make your life better and can transform you. Often a speaker who wants to do that can be distracted by the response of the audience because let's be, let's be honest, there are crowds that really, and if you were watching this own video, you would see that I've got my arms crossed over my chest. They have this, this is sometimes interpreted as a closed-minded individual. That can, that's their problem, but the problem is sometimes as you're speaking and you're watching and catching people, they come into view and you wonder to yourself, what am I doing wrong? What do you do in a case like that? Well,
0: I just want to address a couple issues. Number one, when you have your arms crossed in front of your chest, not necessarily it's a closed-minded individual. It could be just they're comfortable like that. Or it could be their unconscious is signaling to them there's something is not quite right. Ah. And me as a person, when I have this gesture of arms crossed in front of my chest, is I'm not open. I am not open. Convince me. Teach me. Entertain me. Inspire me. That is something we will discuss. In the future episodes. Good. What I want to tell you, you as a speaker, you're a leader. Let's say, let's say we're, let's, let's stick with the examples of public speaking. When you come out on stage, you have a focused emotion and you open. You open your heart. You open your belly and you bring your message. Remember what I said, be authentic, mm-hmm. increase your passion. What will happen because of the emotional contagious, because of the mirror neuron neural networks, if you bring your best self and you become open, The audience members, as a collective, will give you more energy that you put out. And that will take you to the next level. Wow. It will. When you open, the audience wants you to succeed. It will become an energy that is unconscious, this exchange between speaker and the audience that will overwhelm anyone who is not open. You cannot be responsible for what they feel, but you bring your best self, your focused
1: emotion. Transparency.
0: And, athe- and being authentic.
1: Correct. I like that. Yes. And also too, that means I just have to believe in me and I have to be all me. You have to be who you are. Yeah. This is your time. This is your
0: time. You have a message. You are a leader. And people look up to you. They have questions. Why this person is talking? I don't want to listen to them. But when you are open, authentic, bring your message. There's a saying that I think attributed to a Mahatma Gandhi. When you lose yourself you find yourself. Wow. And you can lose yourself in a message in the purpose of helping others or just bringing a message that you believe in. And that can change your life. It does. Yes. You're well, right. Everyone, we are coming to a close of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this information because I thoroughly enjoyed talking I to you John. I thoroughly
1: enjoyed hearing you.
0: What we're going to talk about next is we'll finish up on the charisma, but I we'll also want to talk about the voice your vocal cords because voice is the biggest instrument that you have yes connecting with others influencing others and actually making a contribution yes so i'll see you next time
1: and i will look forward to it
0: okay thank you